0: Good afternoon. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of the Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us today as he opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. Well, Please turn tonight
1: in the Scriptures to Psalm 128. It is again a song of degrees. Blessed is every one that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labour of thine hands, happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. My wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house, For thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus Shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord? The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion. and Thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children. And peace upon Israel. Well, there are no shortages of promises of blessings in the book of Psalms. Uh, The Psalter, the collection of the songs of God's people even begins with that note of blessing where you sang the the Psalm 1 together Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly Promises of blessing are given by God in the very terms of the old covenant uh, given through Moses to God's people Obedience, Moses would say, brings blessing and disobedience brings cursing and thus, blessing and cursing are opposite terms in the scriptures. To curse someone, uh, well, we, we would use that term in our, in our own language and our own uh, concepts today, would be to desire or to wish ill upon them. To bless someone is to wish them well. But when God blesses and God curses, it is not simply an expression of His will, but His will executed. So when the Bible talks about God blessing us, it is not simply God wishing us well, but rather God bestowing well upon us. Hence, to be blessed is to know and experience the outpouring of God's favor and grace. Again, let me say that again because so prominent is this theme. To be blessed is to know and experience the outpouring of God's favor and grace. It is more than happy. Uh, again, sometimes this word blessed is, is simply translated with the word happy. It's used there in verse 5 of Psalm 127. Happy, same word is used. Happy is the man. And so depending on the context, it is appropriate to translate the word happy. Another time to translate the word as blessed. So the happiness that we enjoy is a happiness under the blessing of God. And so to be blessed does include that sense of happiness, but happiness that arises under the blessings of God so that those whom God bless, they are indeed blessed in the truest sense and happy in those blessings. And thus this psalm is dealing with the blessings of God. You have it there in verse 1. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. Again, you have the word happy in verse number 2. You have blessed in verse number 4. You bless again in verse number 5. So the repetition of that theme of being blessed must indeed govern our understanding of this song of degrees. And so to begin with I want to really think about an exposition of the psalm. This blessing is associated with obedience. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. And blessing in the scriptures is often associated with obedience. You turn back to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I've already said that the old covenant language involves blessings and cursings. And at the end of Deuteronomy, you have this giving of the law. The, the people of God are gathered and Moses presents the law to them, presents the covenant to them uh, that they would enter into covenant with God. And in Deuteronomy 28, you will see, just let's read those first two verses, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day, That the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. Blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. And you get a, a flavor of the language that is then used in the Psalm 128. Blessing upon Jerusalem. Blessing upon the city. Blessed upon the fruit of thy body. Again, children like olive trees, olive plants around the table of this blessed man. But in Deuteronomy 28, there is that connection between blessing and obedience. And again, that's what the psalmist sings, uh, writes for us to sing in the psalm 1 Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. And thus there are these conditions uh, that are given conditions of blessing. He is the one that is blessed is the one that feareth the Lord and that walketh in his ways. Believers, Christians are God-fearers. Uh, that term does not mean to be in terror of God. Uh, the ungodly are in terror of God. But the believers, uh, they're in reverent fear of God. Uh, again, it's often termed of filial fear, the fear of a son. It involves the aspect of love, a reverence out of love and out of respect. The fear of God is to desire God's smile and to fear God's frown. And thus, every believer, in a sense, must fear God. Even Peter would describe the necessity of honoring the king and fearing the Lord. And therefore, it's not just an Old Testament term. But the fear of God and again, it's not distinct from a walking in God's ways. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. You can't say you fear God and choose to walk in your own ways. And the fear of God is always accompanied with a desire to walk in God's ways. Because how do we know God's smile and fear God's frown, but by being in his ways? It's when we're outside of God's ways, then we know the frown of God's. And when we're in God's ways, well, like Enoch, Enoch walked with God. Enoch pleased the Lord. And thus this walk metaphor is used often in the word of God regarding the Christian life living. So if the Christian's heart is to fear God, uh, the Christian's attitude and their habitual matter is to walk in his commandments. It's a metaphor of life describing a consistent, daily, unwavering walk with God. If someone does not fear God, they are not converted. If someone does not walk in God's ways, they are not converted. They may say what they want, but this is a description of someone who is a Christian. They fear God, and they walk in his ways. And upon such, there is then this knowledge of blessing. There are four particular aspects that the psalmist highlights regarding the blessing. He knows the blessing of labor. Labor that, if you like, prospers. He says in verse number four, for thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Again, it's a summary term. It describes uh, not that you're literally eating labor, but rather you're eating the reward that comes from your labor. And therefore the blessing is that your labor brings forth fruits and product. Of course, for the farmer, that's a literal thing. Uh, they plow and they receive the harvest and they eat the labor of their hands. Uh, those of us who don't uh, cultivate the ground, uh, well, we eat the labour of our hands by, by receiving the blessings that are ours uh, from the labour that God provides and God in turn blesses. It is to eat with satisfied contentment. That's a blessing, to have work and to get remunerated for your for your work. That, that, is, not a, that is not a sinful thing. That's a thing that honours even the blessing of God upon us because God chooses to provide for us in the way of labor. He also knows the blessing of love. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Describing the the love that is enjoyed in the Christian home. Again, the sense of the wife as a fruitful vine is not, I believe, primarily describing the giving of children. Rather, the vine was that which brought forth the fruit of the vine. The fruit of the vine which gladdens the heart in the Scriptures, and therefore the picture here it is a, it's a it's a it's a simile again uh, describing something of the, the blessing of the home. But this godly man has has the blessing of a wife who gladdens his heart. You know, to have a contentious wife is like the constant dripping; it's a miserable experience. But the blessed man, the one who fears God, has a wife who brings joy and gladness to his heart, just like that fruitful vine. He also knows the blessing, and again, pardon the desire for alliteration here, he knows the blessing of little ones. There are these children that are given of God, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Indeed, you could say this blessed man also knows the provision of children as children's children. In verse number 6, yea, thou shalt see thy children's children. And there is a blessing of a posterity, a blessing of generations continuing. Children as olive trees. Again, the olive tree is uh, used in the oriental time to, to place around the, uh, the tables. Okay, we need to bring ourselves back to oriental experience where the table was low to the ground. And they lay around the table, and the olive trees were, were placed around the table as a shade. And again, describes as an experience of blessing and joy. To be around your children, the children to, to bring contentment and joy to your heart. Beyond that, the children are, are fruitful. They are olive plants. Again, the olive that was used well, in the service of God and in the service of men. Used as as oil, used for, uh, again, for the healing of the the skin and the healing of the body. Children that are a blessing and not a curse. He knows, in the fourth place, the blessing of life, life that is prolonged. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, verse 5, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see. By children's children. Again, you, you, you don't see your children's children if you die when you're 40. And the censor is of a long life. He's, he's going to see the good of Jerusalem. Life and a good life. At that, this, this is a blessed life. This man that obeys the Lord. He's the blessing of labor. The blessing of, of love and little ones. And life prolonged and enjoyed of God. What a picture it is. A blessing in the hand of God. So if that's something of the exposition, what should we say regarding explanation? Well, should we say that God rewards obedience with blessings? Well, I kind of went back from that a little bit and I felt perhaps it's better to say, well, if reward is too strong, uh, should we not say, well, God blesses the obedient? Now, this, of course, is not works righteousness, But it is God's faithfulness in covenant. A good life is the blessing promised to those who fear and walk in the ways of God's commandments. That's what the psalmist is singing to us. And that's when my message all fell apart. The explanation is very simple. A good life is the blessing promised to those who fear God and walk in God's commandments. So I had three problems. The first one, is Joel Osteen right? Should we expect our best life now? It's the title of his book. Big smiley face in the front. Should we be promised our best life now? Does not this psalm give credence to the notion that we should expect health, wealth and prosperity for all who do Right. Is that what this is teaching? My second problem was this. If this psalm is not true for us, can we conclude that we don't fear God and don't walk in his ways? What do we do with the unemployed man? What do we do with the single man? What do we do with the childless couple? What do we do with these situations? Did they not fear God and walk in his ways? Is that not what Job's friends do? Here was Job, one who feared God and eschewed evil, yet he lost his family, lost his livelihood, lost his health, and his friends come along and say, you mustn't fear God and walk in his ways. That was problem number two. Problem three was, what about the wicked men who prosper? It's a lovely psalm, but it just brings up so many problems. They're not walking in God's ways, and yet they're seemingly knowing all the blessings that are promised to everyone who fears the Lord. So, what do we do? Well, I think there are a few things that we should understand very clearly in the Word of God, and that is that prosperity in labor, family and health only comes from the blessing of God. I think we'd all say amen to that. Uh, that prosperity in our labor, in our family lives and in our health, whether it be a, a fruitful family life, whether it be a, a loving wife, whether it be prosperous labor, all of those blessings only come from God. That's even true for the ungodly, though they do not recognize that. In common grace, the reign. Uh, falls on the just and the unjust. The sun shines upon the just and the unjust. And even the ungodly in common grace, they must, they must only know blessing, only know prosperity in the common grace of God. I suppose the application is very simple. Accept the Lord, build the house, the labor and being that built it. You go back to Psalm 127 again, uh, and you have that reminder that, that any blessing we enjoy It only comes from God. We depend upon God. We need God in our lives. And that dependence is reflected in our living in his fear and walking in his ways. We show our dependence upon God in part by fearing God and walking in his ways. We understand this, Sam. We say, well, I I want blessing from God. Therefore, I will walk in his ways and fear the Lord. Hence, it is generally true. That walking in the way of God's commandments brings benefits under God. Let me say it again. It is generally true that walking in the way of God's commandments brings benefits under God. God's commandments, his ways, reflect his character, but they also reveal the way to live in this world. It is the way of the transgressor that is hard. But God's law is the best law to live out. And that's true in every sense. It is not good for you to work seven days. It's not good for you to commit adultery. It's not good for you to be envious and stir up with discontentment. That doesn't do you any good in life. And so those are those examples of, of how to, to live in God's law is to live the best way and to know the blessings of God. And that's not only an Old Testament concept. Matthew chapter 6. Again, Christ here in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount is describing the the, the ways of physical provision. He's talking about food and drink and clothing. And he says in verse number 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There is, in the language of the kingdom of Christ, the promises of God's provision upon those who put his kingdom first. Christ is willing to provide for the needs of those who leave security for the sake of the gospel. Those who are desiring to fear God and walk in his ways, he will provide for them not only in the world to come eternal life, but also in this time. He provides for them. And thus, I I think Psalm 1 should encourage us to believe in God's provision and to live godly lives in light of that. The falsehood today is that prosperity means more than provision, Prosperity and blessing from God is a promise of God's provision of our needs, not of God supplying our greed. But there is, however, no guarantee in the word that God's people will know their best life now and will always know that. You cannot read the word of God and give that guarantee. You turn back, for example, just to Psalm 30. Just one example, Psalm 30. In Psalm 30... Can you have the experience the psalmist, the testimony? I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. So here's a time when the psalmist, as a believer, is in deep discouragement because of the afflictions of his foes. And yet he says in verse number five, For his anger endureth for a moment, in his fever his life, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So the psalmist they do not deny the realities of a change of experience, times of sorrow and times of gladness, times of trial and times of abundance. In the Old Testament. Joseph and Job walked in God's ways and they experienced much hardship. In the Gospels, Christ was a man of sorrows with no place to lay his head. In the book of Acts, God's people suffer. In the Epistles and Revelation, we read of God's people losing their lives for Christ. They don't deny Psalm 128, but it does challenge your understanding of Psalm 128. So, prosperity does come from God's blessing. Living in the fear of God reflects our dependence upon God. And it is. It's a blessed life to walk in God's ways. So how do we then, in final application, if there's been exposition and explanation, let's close just with uh, some words of application. How do we understand this psalm then? Well, in one sense we should understand this as a form of Hebrew literature. It is a poem in proverbial language that announces general principles. Proverbs and Psalms at different times present general norms for life, not absolute rules. Let me give you one example of that. Just to show you this. Proverbs 28 and the verse number 19 says this. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. But yet we read of harvest. Or we read of famine in the days of Ruth. Or you take the verse number 23 of Proverbs 28. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more fever. Than he that flattereth of the tongue. Rebuke a man and receive fever. Normally True. But John the Baptist did not find that to be true in Herod's situation. So I'm just telling you, you need to read the proverbial language of Scripture as they are intended. General rules of life which guide your conduct. Not as absolute promises. Although, again, with care there are some times where it's clearly an absolute promise. You've got to read them carefully. And so it is in Psalm 1 It's coming with that flavor. In general terms... These are the blessings of the one who fears the Lord. But we should not therefore conclude that those who do not know these things are not knowing God's blessing. Furthermore, we should remember that the physical blessings of the old covenant foreshadow the spiritual blessings of the new. And so when you read Deuteronomy 28, blessings and cursings, you must remember that's dealing with Israel as a physical nation. And there are physical blessings promised to that physical nation. But we are now in new covenant Israel. And the blessings we are given, Ephesians chapter 1, are the spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Now I am not, I, I have made it clear. I do believe that the New Testament teaches that God is pleased to physically bless his people according to his will. But I'm just simply saying, be very careful. Some do, they extrapolate from old covenant Israel principles that they presume for America today or UK today. That is not good exegesis. So this is a form of Hebrew poetry. But it is, in the second place, a principle to apply. We should understand that God blesses obedience Because God has said. He will say well done good and faithful servant. So God does bless. Obedience. It is a motivation for us. We should also see it in the third place. As a prophetic psalm. Christ is in all the scriptures. And again it would be good to develop this more further. in, In another time. But we will see that what is true of this psalm. Is true of Christ in a spiritual sense. He Will see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. His wife, his bride, is a fruitful vine that blesses his heart. His children, they are olive plants. The Spirit of God dwells within them and they produce the olive of the Spirit in their lives. He indeed prolongs his day Isaiah 53 he shall see his children's children he will know the joy of peace upon Israel in the fullest sense there is a prophetic dimension of this psalm as there is in all of the psalms and the fourth thing I believe this is a prayer to offer you see that verse number five the Lord shall bless thee out of Zion and the form there in the original is in the form of prayer May the Lord bless thee out of sight. May these things be true for you. It is not ungodly to pray for God's blessing upon our labor, upon our love, upon our little ones, upon our very lives. That is not ungodly. In fact, this psalm is a seal upon such praying that God would indeed be pleased to bless us. This is a revelation of his will in that general sense. And therefore we can pray Tonight and at all times for God's blessing to rest and abide upon us. It's a wonderful psalm, not without a few challenges, but with much to encourage our hearts in a God who is not begrudging in his favour toward us, but physically and spiritually is pleased to bless us abundantly above all that we deserve And above all that we can actually contain, God is pleased to bless finite creatures with infinite blessings. Yea, eternal life
0: forevermore. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. We extend an invitation to all to join us as we worship the Lord each week. You will be made very welcome. The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. We preach Christ crucified.